Hey everybody, Dr. Axe here. Welcome to this week's podcast. Today I've got my friend and a brilliant physician on with us, Dr. Christopher Motley. And uh, today we're gonna be talking about brain health and Dr. Motley, as you know, is a regular on the show. And the uh, reason I love having him as a regular is he is uh, just so knowledgeable when it comes to Chinese medicine, when it comes to other ancient forms of medicine, when it comes to uh, testing. Uh, and he cares for patients on a regular basis, runs a functional medicine clinic here in Nashville, Tennessee. And so today we're going to talk about all things brain, how to overcome conditions like depression, um, uh, how to fight Alzheimer's. Uh, we're going to talk about a condition called brain fog, which so many people have today, and generally how to help your brain function at the highest level possible. So Dr. Chris, we're going to have some fun today, huh? Yes, yes. Thank you, my friend, for having me on today. I love talking about the brain. Thank you for giving me the opportunity again, because we see it every day. We get comments and messages every day and regularly in the office. One of the main concerns I've always been asked is, Doc, I can't think clearly. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember what happened yesterday. I can't remember phone numbers. And this is one of the reasons I thought like this would be such a good topic to like discuss because, hey, what runs our body? Our brain. Yeah. And I was excited when you text me because we were talking about, hey, what do we want to talk about this week? And you said brain. I thought, wow, that's going to be so good. Because here's the thing about the brain. It's so important for everyone of all ages that our brain is functioning really well. You know, you think about kids, if they want to get better grades in school, if we want to support their neurological development, you've got to support brain health. If you're thinking about, I think a lot of moms today, when I used to run my functional medicine clinic, all these moms coming in saying, I'm overwhelmed. I can't think clearly. And then you think about people as they age as well, just, you know, having poor memory, poor focus, concentration. Also, how about those people in the business world out there who want to do more? They want to get more done. They want to have more success in their career and life. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, and, and maybe they're, uh, they're, they're not thinking as sharply. Maybe they're not as creative as they should be, or maybe they have ADHD like symptoms still. I know we'll talk about ADHD today as well, but anyways, this is such an important topic for everybody. And to the point, like you just said, many times we see when individuals want to do well in work, well in their job, their vocation, it trickles down to the family members. You have parents that literally bring their young kids in and they are like seven or eight years old. They say they can't sit in school. They cannot pay attention yeah. for more than five minutes at a time. They're like, Dr. Motley, what would you suggest? What would you tell my, literally, I had a small young one. He was four years old and he would go to gymnastic class and they were asking, what can you do for him to allow him to sit and pay attention enough to learn how to tumble? And what do you do? You're like, okay, what do I need to do? You go back to your basic biology books, your basic neurophysiology that we've learned. And we go back and I learned, started learning about nutrition and telling them about what diet they may need to incorporate and what things to help strengthen the brain. Yes. Yeah. So let's start off and talk about some of the conditions. So, so some of the conditions I definitely want to hit on today, I want to hit on brain fog. I definitely want to hit on neurodegenerative illnesses such as Alzheimer's. Um, I want to make sure we hit on, uh, mood disorders, uh, anxiety, depression. Um, and then I also want to be able to hit on, again, things like ADHD and then also probably headaches. So, so those are some of the things that we're going to jump into. Let's go ahead and hit on brain fog first. Now I know all these conditions, because here's the thing to remember, some conditions are directly related to the brain. Some are caused by the gut. Some are caused mm -hmm. by the immune system can affect the brain, the heart in your cardiovascular system. So we're going to actually get to the root cause of how to heal a lot of these conditions 
when it comes to the brain. But Dr. Chris, let's start with brain fog. What do you see being the root of a lot of brain fog conditions today? And, and what is brain fog? Brain fog is a condition where a person literally feels as though they're in a fog, where your mental capacity is slow connection, slow synapsis within the nerves of the brain. And in the office, the main things that I see that can create brain fog are infections. And just like you said, infections, not only in the brain, but infections in the digestive tract. I think it's something that's what you have been telling us for so many years that the health of the gut is directly related to how your brain operates. In the office, many times I have Lyme disease patients and parasitic patients, those with chronic strep and staph. And what many individuals are very keen to learn is that when you tell them that the actual pores within your digestive tract that allows nutrients to go into your portal bloodstream to help you energize your body can also carry undigested proteins and foods and infections. And in that way, anytime an infection gets into your body, what happens, the inflammatory system, inflammation comes in through the immune system to help fight off the infection. And then they give off their waste, their organic acids, the infections do. I don't care what infection it is. When it travels up to your brain, guys, remember your, bro your brain barrier, the blood-brain barrier literally is a tight interwoven fabric of arteries. They're, they're stronger than the arteries in your body. And then these infections can get into those arteries and get into your brain and they camp out and they produce toxins. And then you have undigested proteins and inflammation that get into your brain and it literally dumbs down your brain. The connection, the synapsis, one nerve communicating to the other gets slowed down. That's brain fog where I can't add two plus two. I can't remember what happened yesterday. Brain fog is mostly in the form of infections that I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. So really going into this, again, it's an infection. And so doc, what are some of the things you start to do to treat brain fog? And maybe give us an example of somebody you've had come in, in the past and sort of what they did in order to overcome brain fog. Yes, I had a patient just clear amount three years ago, a lady that had come in and literally she couldn't be driven. I mean, she can't drive herself. And it happened within the span of two weeks. And we found out that she had a heavy case of parasites within uh, the symptoms of parasites and a strep infection that had gone rampant in her digestion. Another thing we could talk about like SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth right. with parasites. She had such bad brain fog, like her husband was pretty concerned to the point where she could not like literally remember her kids' names. So what I did is I had to go back and really start to understand like, you know, leaky gut looking at things that you've suggested. And one of the things to help suggest is very simple and plain for everyone out there is check into glutamine. Glutamine is a very simple procedure to help with brain fog because many times the chemical known as ammonia and organic acids will seep into the brain and glutamine and butyric acid. Those are two things that help plus chelators. So I'd say guys look into glutamine, maybe a good scoop in the morning, good scoop at night, yeah. butyric acid, a couple cap capsules on empty stomach, or you can even look into certain types of charcoal. Like there's certain like old activated charcoal that can actually help soak up these toxins. Many times the Lyme disease patients, when they kill off infections, I will say on an empty stomach, take a couple of these cap capsules like darkened or charcoal bamboo, and it'll start to drain that stuff out and chelate it and put it into the fecal matter to help to be expelled. Those things I've seen, and literally this lady, I was so surprised. She was on it for two weeks. Her husband came back, uh, Doc, and she, they, she was like, he, she is a different person. Like she actually can remember kids' names. And I'm like, just from glutamine, butyric acid, healing that gut. Yeah, I'll say this, you know, one of the things I think glutamine as, as an amino acid is really, really powerful. And so when you're talking about brain fog, and this is what I've, you know, as I've, as you and I have both written and spoken about this, 
you know, brain fog is related to your gut and essentially having infections in your gut. So I want everyone to remember that brain fog. If you have a brain fog issue and not to say they're not other places like your blood, but absolutely it's that gut brain connection, but where sometimes you have issues like candida or other things, this really is very closely connected to um, different types of microorganisms um, flourishing or infecting your gut. And so it's important that we do a few things. One, we give your body the nutrients it needs to repair itself. And those, the best thing to help it repair itself is going to be glutamine and collagen. Okay. So mm. glutamine is critical for actually nourishing those intestinal cells and then collagen uh, that you're going to find in something like bone broth is also going to help. So glutamine, collagen, that's going to help repair that gut. And then the butyric acid that Dr. Motley's talking about here, butyric acid really acts as a, um, in a way, it, it really just helps, it helps nourish the gut as well. Okay. There are some things, Dr. Chris, when somebody actually has infection there, are there any things that you use? Do you ever recommend caprylic acid or any type of herbals or anything to actually help fight off any of those, you know, infections that, that can take place there. Yes. Like when you said caprylic acid, even there in undecinic acid, especially when they have yeast or fungal overgrowth yeah. that occurs because we, we know we're a culture guys that have, we, we abuse sugars and we eat too many starches and carbs and we've had antibiotics in the past and our floor gets really, really ruptured and, and just demolished basically. But when you can give a patient undecinic acid or caprylic acid, and at times give them a good probiotic and mix those in, you can actually kill off old yeast, old fungus at nice nominal levels and put in new probiotics. And also, I will say this, with any type of nutrients, I do love a few herbals and spices that really have seemed to kill off a lot of yeast. One of them that's very surprising to me, I will say I love rosemary. Many of you individuals yeah. love to eat rosemary on your food, but you, are, you would be surprised how much parasite and bacteria are killed by rosemary, like rosemary capsules. And I, you know, we talk about this a lot, doc. We talk about neem powder. I, I find rosemary neem because they're so irritating to those infections, but they will kill them off and they will start to flush. And if you can catch them with, you know, help the, the blood, the gut barrier with the glutamine and with the collagen, it's like the kill and the catch. You can actually kill them right. off, produce a heavy, good defensive system to catch it. I love it. Those two. Yeah. It's great. And I want to mention with the recommendation of the charcoal. So, and, and by the way, Dr. Not, Motley and I agree on most things. We might not agree hundred percent on everything. I think the charcoal is good, Chris. And I want to get your thoughts on this for a few mm -hmm. days. I don't recommend, and then if you are going to do it, I don't recommend over 30 days and I recommend in smaller doses because what happens a lot of times charcoal, it, it, it's a mineral, it binds to everything. So it binds mm -hmm. to all the bad stuff Dr. Chris is talking about, but it will bind to minerals. So everybody just needs to be conscious of, and it can back you up. It can cause some constipation. So if you're going to take some charcoal as a binder, I would take some magnesium. I would take some, you know, uh, cod liver or some oils and things like that to make sure you're just your body I'd go on walks, do things to keep those bowels moving loads and loads of water. But I would mm -hmm. say typically charcoal. I love that recommendation if it's done in small amounts over more like a few days. Any thoughts there, Chris? That is true. That's like, especially when some, that is the exact truth. When patients come in, uh, especially when they're killing off a heavy amount, usually in the office, I'll say, take this right before you go to bed because you want yep. them to take it usually about an hour to two hours away from a mineral source because it will chelate it. It will grab onto the mineral and take it with it as it gets yep. flushed out. And Josh is right. Whenever doc, like whenever I see a patient has this heavy dive, if you take too much charcoal, 
if you do it, like I've seen patients when they did it for three weeks and they will do it without even telling me that like, I'll take a lot of charcoal. That's exactly right. Constipation will occur because why you hinder the peristaltic movement when you start to chelate the minerals and the minerals are what help energize your bowels to help push yep. things out. So whenever I have a patient that comes in, I'll tell them, if you take this and you ever find that you're slowing down, that's when you need to quit. Like don't go any further than that. Yep. And one of the th topics I, I've seen uh, recently with patients when they take too much charcoal is that yeah, I tell them, if you start to see your stool being really, really dark, dark like yeah. you're, you're pushing it too much after that. So yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Agreed. I'm with you. You know, I, you know, when I used to have people do charcoal when in patients in the past, and even today, if I'm working with somebody, uh, the other time I have them do, I have them do it with something like this, but also, you know, and this is a whole nother show, but when they get their amalgam fillings removed, you know, when people have those silver fillings, those dental fillings in their mouth, I mean, talk about yeah. neurotoxins. We're talking about brain health today. You know, my mom, I don't always get into this because there's just so much to share with her story. But we, we had her, you know, uh, juicing vegetables, doing uh, bone broth, doing green vet, you know, doing a lot of superfoods to help her beat cancer. We also had her taking herbs like reishi and turmeric and everything. And it worked on her emotional health. But about a year after, too, we really did the other things, too. Like she had like 10 or 12 wow. silver amalgam fillings. We got those all removed. And, um, in fact, when I met Chelsea, I think she had one and we got that removed, but there's a very specific way you've got to remove those amalgam fillings using yeah. a, uh, a dentist that is, it's called DAMS dam certified to where they dam up your mouth and keep any of the mercury from entering your body. Cause I've had, um, a, a friend of mine that I think Dr. Chris may know as well. Dr. Dan Pompa. He mm -hmm. got them removed improperly and he came down with brain fog and chronic fatigue syndrome. He was so tired all the time, could not think wow. clearly. And then he had to go through a process of detoxification. But there's no doubt one of the biggest things we talked about infections affecting your mental health or your brain function, but toxins are another big one, Dr. Chris. And with yes. that, and with that, Chris, let's move in. I want to talk a little bit about depression, anxiety, some of those conditions there. Or let, let me ask this: well, you know, when it comes to the brain, are there any specific conditions that come to mind that you say, you know what? I absolutely think that that can be related to a toxin issue. Um, anything like a neurodegenerative illness or MS or any others that maybe like that, that you, you've you've seen related. I do. I, I believe so. And I, I do this through experience at the office and through res like research and reading events where you find things such as Alzheimer's, mm. MS, even rigidity such as in Parkinson's disease that have yes. to do a high amounts of metal content and toxicity. And even like the CDC and some of the uh, authorities out there say there's not really a known, known cause for these things. And when we see that there's like metals in the mouth or toxicities, when patients come in, you will find that many of them that do have MS-like symptoms either have, like we talked about, the toxins that are coming from metals or an infection. And remember, like in Alzheimer's, remember, it's placking. It's these small plaques that get around these nerve cells, and they call it entanglement, the nerve connections within the cell. The actual nerve fibers get tangled. And they say that as much of these toxins come into play and how much of these things plaque, we also have to look into with the patient, I check and they say, well, we have a high trans fat diet when they have too many bad fats that come into their body, when they have a bit of strep or staph or an infection, I have to take into consideration. And many of you out there, if you have bad memory or if you had uh, issues with your muscle movement, if you have any types where you think I'm never happy, I'm never very in any mode of pleasure, then we know that 
these toxins can take an effect on the way your genes express themselves. So I will take a patient and have them do a genetic report. And this is how entailed, I think it's awesome how the body operates, doc. It's like, if we see that they had a, uh, a not so great diet, they have infections going on, the body will actually regulate guys, the genes that help break down serotonin and dopamine. And there's a gene called an MAO. And you'll see this in any prescription medications out there, the SSRIs, they, they deal with the MAO. But what happens is the MAO is a gene that's actually helped along by the VDR and the vitamin D receptor is actually helped by MTHFR. But I'm saying the VDR will actually help encourage your body to help process the serotonin and dopamine. If you have bad infections, it means your VDR, your vitamin D levels are not high. Mm -hmm. So bad infections can screw up the way you body, your body processes serotonin and dopamine. And so what they'll say is either you're over methylate, which means you can create too much serotonin and dopamine, which means you're aggressive or mean or angry and always at edge, or you under methylate, which means you don't produce enough serotonin and dopamine, but you're always depressed. You don't have a good mood. And they find that with Alzheimer's and people with Parkinson's and people with MS all have these conditions. And I'm thinking if we put them all together, it's like a perfect storm, right, brother? Mm -hmm. It's like you have an infection, the genes, your mentality goes low, and then your muscles suffer. You can't move because all the synaptic connections are being dumbed down by the yeah. metals, the toxins, the infections. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. You know, if you think about it too, I was thinking about this with Chinese medicine, you think about how, you know, what's related to the muscles in Chinese medicine. It's, it's the upper gut and brain. There's a connection there. You get infections <sighs> in that small intestine. So anyways, it's really interesting there. Um, let's talk about depression, anxiety. Uh, any, in OCD, I, I read a quote uh, I'm going to read this off my phone. I was looking for this earlier. Yeah. And we both know this. We've talked about this before, but it says, uh, this is by an ancient Chinese, um, I think philosopher, his name's Leo Tzu. And he said, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you have anxiety, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. And I think that's an important thing to remember. And we are going to touch on the nutrition stuff here, but I do want to yeah. say when you have a lot, some of these neurological issues and especially depression and anxiety and OCD, these absolutely have, you have to have a emotional component there. Okay. There are absolutely things, uh, nutrient deficiencies and other things that will contribute, but they're absolutely, if you have, uh, if you have depression or anxiety or OCD, there's an emotional component. So listen to this. If you are depressed, this really is related to your lungs and colon partly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so you've had something happen in the past. It could be verbal abuse, physical abuse, mm -hmm. maybe something didn't work out. You just don't like the way the world is today. You're kind of living in the past. You, you got to, you, you got to let go unforgiveness, all of those things you really got to work through. And so one of the things I would do is recognize what are the memories in the past? What, what is it that is bothering me? Uh, memories cropping up or certain emotions that are cropping up? And when did they start? You know, try and pinpoint that with that depression and thinking about that. And then really spend time working through that on focusing on your now and on your positive future. Okay. So, like, for instance, if you're depressed about, oh man, I wish I would have, you know, I, I wish I could change that. You just have to get your mind off of it. You have to recognize it first. And you have to say, you know what? I'm going to focus on the now. What can I do right now? Start thinking about now. Start thinking about uh, your future and your hope. And then, hey, if you have a lot of anxiety, what is that thing that is coming up that's building into this, this level of anxiety and really being conscious of that and then write a new script saying, well, you know what? That could be true, but you know what? This could also be true. 
is that my future could look like this. And then you go back to the present saying, I'm going to do things now to start working towards this future. So all that being said, there, there's a great book by Dr. Caroline Leaf. It's called Switch on Your Brain, I think. Oh, and um, she gets into all this, exactly how to do this. It's a program of how to do this. Another one called Memory Codes by Dr. Uh, Alex Lloyd, who mm -hmm. talks about resetting your memories in your brain. So I want to encourage you guys, as we talk about this, it's so important that you heal your brain through emotional therapy as we're talking about. OCD is really related to, that's related to the immune system as well, the lungs and colon. And you see the world is black and white. And if it's not this way, it's not okay. And so it's, it's really becoming overly a perfectionist. Okay. And that's just being very out of balance. I think Anyways, I could get into this a lot more, but all I've been saying is, Chris, what, what are your thoughts on some of this? And also, let's also start diving into some of the other root causes you see nutritionally with some of these conditions. Truly, I think that, like you just said, when we, uh, the programming the brain, and I love the books about programming your brain, about how to initiate a future plan by living in the present, because I will just want to add this, whenever we think in the past, when we're in the past, it's almost like becoming addicted biochemically to the way we've always thought. Our bodies get so trained and we call it adaptation. I've adapted to my programming. So my body is so used to a chemical response, how it literally, how much cortisol do I create at 8 a.m.? How much cortisol do I create at 12 p.m.? All based on my habit because I have a program running. And I love the fact that you talked about when we have to create a new vision, you literally need to write that new vision down and start to think how you want your future in the sense to be right now. You have to reprogram that thought because you're training your biochemistry. So everybody just thinks it's my mind. Like, no, it's your biochemistry you're trying to train and get your body used to that, that flow of biochemistry, serotonin and dopamine levels being raised and heightened. And I do think also, so check those books out. I love that. And I think with OCD, OCD components, when we talk about um, in Chinese medicine, I love the fact that when we look at something that's repetitive or something that keeps bothering us, um, whenever I check a person, usually when we find a large intestine or lung, I try to correlate it to what their gene test would say at some point. And they'll say this, that is a perfect example you just said, Doc, about um, everything has to be this way. Everything has to be right and wrong, black and white. And one of the key things about undermethylators, people who have mm. sick liver. So when a patient comes in with a toxic deficient liver in Chinese medicine, the first thing I think is they're undermethylating. They're not there in their personality is exactly what you just said. Type A, get it done, get here and there. And I go, okay, what are the herbals? What are the things I need to start incorporating? Shisandra, start to get them on some Shisandra, a bit of reishi. Sometimes I get ashwagandha yeah. in there to help with the liver. But yeah. you and I know as well, doc, is like when we see those personality, isn't it amazing with Chinese medicine in your book, guys, I'm talking about his book, but I'm saying his book talks about, there's certain things that each organ does. And when you see the organ, how it correlates to the personality of a person, then you see how Western medicine came along and goes, well, yeah, the Chinese have already talked about that. Like how the liver stagnation creates this personality. And, you know, like this OCD, it's like literally, and the genes prove it now, which is amazing to me, like OCD, liver toxicity, large intestine, depression, OCD. Yes. And I love those recommendations. So let's dive into some of these. With OCD, I really like that recommendation of Rishi and Shisandra. Mm -hmm. One of the things I want to mention, there's something in Chinese medicine called Shen, which is essentially is 
calmness of your heart. Okay. And so if, if you are, you know, you ever, you ever, you're in that state when you're kind of looking around and you're like, I'm at peace now, like maybe your family's around and you guys had something good happen. And then you don't have a bunch of stuff scheduled. Maybe it was over the holidays or after the holidays. And you're like, that's Shen. It's just, it's really in Chinese medicine. It's known as that calmness of your heart. That's really what is needed to be strengthened in OCD is really that Shen and actually the one of the chief Shen builders in Chinese medicine that Dr. Chris is talking about is Rishi mushroom. And also Shisandra helps that as well. And those are both known as liver strengtheners in Chinese medicine. And I would also say anything else that can kind of calm the nerves, uh, any, any, uh, you know, anxiety there. So even, you know, things that are going to support I think sleep and calmness, ashwagandha is a good one. I think ashwagandha is another good one that would probably be good there as well. But anyways, mm -hmm. I love the Rishi Shasandra recommendations. And of course, the studies, I think you're probably going to see things like fish oil and CBD, you know, things like that. But I do, I think the Rishi and Shasandra recommendations are fantastic. Oh, thank you. I think that uh, sometimes when we do the Rishi Shasandra, when you get that liver cleaned out, have you ever found like, I, I see like when people like we talked about Chinese medicine, they call it the triple burner, the triple warmer. Yeah. And, you know, Gil will talk about it with you. And then, so they'll yeah. have the triple burner guys are like literally the three areas where you have a lot of heat in the body, like the throat and the chest, like your respiration, your heart, your digestive and the reproductive area. I like, and also too, it's sometimes I'll see Suma root. Suma root will help encourage because it's a big endocrine stabilizer yeah. in Ayurvedic. I'll sometimes see endos like a, a sumo root will do that as well. And I've actually, um, I think that my mainstays are the Shishandra, the Reishi, those things that kill it out. And I say, okay, maybe add a little bit of sumo root in there. I, so check it out, guys. That's a really yeah. good one too. That's great. And then let's talk depression, anxiety here quick. So I would say with depression, Remember that this is something that's really related to strengthening the metal element in Chinese medicine. Essentially, it's your lungs and colon. We got to strengthen those areas and the brain. Okay, so mm -hmm. I, so I think with those, of course, Saint John Wort, uh, Saint John's Wort is probably the most popular, and I do think that's a good one. I also think um, you know there are a lot of studies on omega three fatty acids. I think getting those omegas, things that are going to reduce neural inflammation, are going to be very good. You know, I would also say anything that's going to um, support. I think just sort of movement of the, um, you know, of the lungs and colon. And this is why exercise has been shown to be so beneficial for people with depression. You got to really support the lung movement as much movement as possible in the lungs. And so again, cardio or weight training or just walking and doing deep breathing, all of those have been shown to help um, with depression there as well. So I think those are some good ones. Um, yes. And then anxiety, calming those nerves. I do think CBD is a really good one there. Um, I think for a lot of people. And then Chris, what do you like for uh, anxiety and depression? For depression, I agree. I think that anytime a person can go out and take time to themselves and incorporate deep breathing because and many times with a person is in a depressed mood, usually that means that they're not getting some form seriously of pleasure. We know that when people yep. don't get enough pleasure because they burn themselves out, they will try other things like they'll get addicted to alcohol or tobacco or things that are not well. So when patients come in there, I, I love when you say fish oils, I'll take fish oils, incorporate them sometimes with a mixture at the office. We'll do um, ginkgo biloba sometimes yeah, and I'll do ginkgo. ginger root. I'll try to get ginger is really good and ginkgo. I'll, I'll put that in there and then I'll say with the fish oils. And at times I'll see if they need to do a lab test and see if they're actually incorporating B1, B2 and B3. And if they are not good with that, their depression is going to, their depression is 
inevitably going to happen. So I literally try to get those. And, you know, as well as I do, I try to get like I, people may not know that, that the Chinese have used um, elk antler or deer antlers. It's called Lurong. It's like a, literally yeah. it's a mineral content and you throw some minerals in there and it actually turns on those body's ability to help start processing the dopamine a bit better. So you can actually be out of depression and anxiety when anxiety, like you say, exercise and trying to like incorporate like movement movement to me is like the one thing that helps a person who is literally like an anxious person. Like you say, a, let's get it done. You have to burn off excess energy at some point to get you out of your anxiety. And they say it works in reverse. So anything that would actually help the thyroid and the adrenals. And we know, like ashwagandha, we've talked about ashwagandha. I would say sumaru is really good for it. And another one, but I love Tulsi, which is holy basil. Holy yeah. basil seems to really help that out too. That's a good so point. So that helps with anxiety. Yeah. I like yeah, those. Yeah. I like holy basil slash Tulsi. Same thing for, for anxiety as well. I think that's a great recommendation here. Another thing, and just to close up here on this, on I want to talk about depression with this. Again, depression is so much also knowing your purpose in life. I think when you have something, Chris mm -hmm. used the word excited. When you have something you're excited about, something you're living for, something that you, and you know your purpose in life, I think that is absolutely huge. So I would read books that support spiritual growth related to your purpose. You know, uh, go to your church or your synagogue, serve in those areas. Like, and, and really, again, recognize your purpose, deepen your relationship with God. I think all of those things are critical for overcoming depression. And a lot of times what happens with issues like depression is you start thinking about yourself a lot. And when you mm. are constantly doing that, it actually all of a sudden it, it actually breeds depression rather than focusing on others and serving others. And so it's an important thing to do. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault, but my whole point here is, is that a lot of times you have to get outside of yourself and serve others and that can help too. Um, and I'd say anxiety is a lot of times more of an identity issue. It's like you have fear, you have fear because you feel like you're not in control. Who, who's in control? And if you feel like you have a good God and he's in control and he's a good father, then that's security, which is part of identities. And so that, 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 that gives you more calmness and more rest there, which I think is, uh, oh, is really important. So good. I, I think that, man, when you talked about what, how you put your trust in God to uh, train your, your life, and I, I was reading a book, which I think many individuals would really like. It's, it's called Nutrient Power. It's called Nutrient Power. It's like heal your, biochem heal your biochemistry and heal your brain. It's by um, Dr. Walsh. But he, he talks about like just in his, it's amazing how you just said, like when you train and you know that a good God's supporting you, that's you're behind. They say that literally it's synapsis. Like when we create a synapsis in our brain, we create something. These small little neurotransmitters are jumping across from nerve to nerve. And when you program your brain to think a certain way, like being supported by God, being supported by people, being out there, you actually teach your genetics to express their themselves in a positive way, which means you'll take that neurotransmitter and you'll reuse them properly. That's epigenetics, how God created the body, like your environment, the people you're around can shape the way your genes express themselves. And yeah. it's amazing when we see that, how God, any influence, people around you, God in your life can actually a positive effect change your neurology, change your brain. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing to know is you, your body has amazing, um, an amazing capacity to change and heal. You, you, you essentially, you can change your DNA. You are changing your DNA by what you eat, by what you think on a regular basis. So it's important to realize that you are changing your body. And, and I know Dr. Chris and I have seen this. We've seen to people with, we've seen people with chronic depression who have been in the medical system for 10 or more years 
mm-hmm. overcome depression and completely get free. We've seen people with anxiety, with OCD, with ADHD, with any of these conditions, even if it's been a long time, we've seen them heal completely using food as medicine, lifestyle medicine, spiritual medicine, as we're talking about, your body can heal. Let's talk about ADHD. So Chris, I want to share this. When I was a kid, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was one of those kids who I could not pay attention in school. I was such a daydreamer and, mm-hmm. um, and even in college. So, so mine was so bad that my, uh, my, um, it was either, I think it was my senior year of high school or my freshman year of college, but my mom went and they said, Hey, why don't you just try out this medication? I was on it for a day and was literally like, I feel like a zombie, like it's changing my personality. This is where I, I didn't even tell my mom. I just got myself off of it and, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and just took literally it for a day. And I could not believe how I think it was at, you know, Adderall is what I was prescribed. I just mm-hmm. could not believe what it, you know, what it did to my brain. And then I started reading myself. I remember in college, like the, you know, the internet wasn't that old, but just started reading. <laughs> it like, it's just kind of crazy. Like what it does, yeah. how, how damaging it is to the brain and the body long-term Ritalin, Adderall, you know, a lot of these different medications, all that being said, what I found for myself is I went from having, I mean, my, my GPA in high school was not good. I had ADHD was so bad. I couldn't focus. I got into college and that's when I really started eating a lot healthier. I started Mm. like lifting weights more and just working out even more and just taking care of my body and, and eating just, yeah, much healthier. And also I was more motivated. I started thinking about more what I want to do in life. My grades went up like a whole point in GPA probably. I mean, it was so much higher and, and I started enjoying reading that. I literally like, I just, so all that being said, I know what it's like to have crippling ADHD to where it hurts your grades. You, you know, are, are when I was a kid going to the principal's office, having all these issues and then go to getting, you know, great grades and then, you know, having, having different successes in life and relationships and those sort of things. So just know ADHD is something that I think it's important that dietary change makes a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. I think also doing things that you love to do. Like I think about myself, like, like I'm not wired to do like, like, I don't like calculus. Like I never liked math, but I liked <laughs> science. Like I liked biology. Fine. So it's like, it wasn't the class was that much harder. It's like, and I loved writing. Like in, I loved English. I loved history. I loved science, but math, I was so, so bad at anyways, all that being said, you know, try and put yourself in a position where you can do what you're good at and, and actually focus on your strengths. I think that's important as well. And also if you're a parent, you know, just understand that not all kids are wired to be put in a classroom uh, and told to sit still for eight hours or whatever it is for for most of the day. Most people are kinesthetic learners. And if you look at Eastern medicine or, you know, even, even, you know, uh, rabbis of today and old, it was more of this Eastern medicine was more of this kinesthetic learning. You're learning by watching, you're active, you're moving, you're, you know, you're going through life, learning a trade of someone else. Today, this Greek form of learning is very unhealthy. Chris, I almost, I was, I had a thought in my head if I wanted to st- start going through how bad our school curriculums are today for kids. It's like, okay, kids can learn calculus in high school, but they don't know anything about how to eat healthy and nutrition. They don't that know how to balance a truth. checkbook. They don't know how to, anyways, I digress. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it when you go there. I, this, I, I I can't agree more when anybody comes in and says uh, that what you eat can affect your ADHD and you like with, with you saying food is medicine and how you live by it. And that's your, and that's your belief. And I, I love that about what you're saying, because 
anytime a patient comes in and they have children that have ADHD or they, they themselves, and my heart goes out to them. But when you look at how our body can take tryptophan, guys, everybody out there, tryptophan literally breaks down to serotonin. Tyrosine eventually breaks down to dopamine. Where do you get those? From food. Tryptophan's from turkey, yeah. from nuts, from almonds, from certain types of beef, proteins. You get your phenylalanine, which then turns into tyrosine to make dopamine. So tyrosine is when you find milk, eggs, butter, good fats, good fish. And to tell us that a person or a child can be in a school and you don't feed them well and you expect them to have great serotonin and dopamine levels, it's, it's not plausible to have yeah. that. And I'm thinking, and when a person does have ADHD or they have those issues, check out, guys, a DDC gene, a DDC gene and the DRD, which means this. Some children, you're right, are not meant to sit in a classroom and look at something for six, seven, eight hours a day straight. I'm getting on my soapbox. I'm sorry. I like, but that's truly like, gets me yeah. too, brother. It's like and some kids were not that you're genetically different. So I tell a parent when they get upset with their kids, they bring them in here, uh, doc, they'll get upset because one child's fine, quote, fine. The other mm. one doesn't want to sit down. I said, they literally just had different genes. Yeah. You just got to feed them well. And they just had different genes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You know, they always say people like Einstein had severe ADHD and, and he, he has a quote, something like, if you try and teach a, a fish to climb a ladder, he's not going to be able to do it versus, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, swim in the ocean. He'll do just fine. What environment are you putting them in? You know, if they're a fish, don't have them on the land. So anyways, all, all kids have unique giftings. For ADHD, here's some things I like from a diet standpoint. Lots yeah. of vegetables, uh, some fruit, especially low glycemic fruits, um, like, like blueberries, and then organic meat. Okay. So organic meat, mm -hmm. vegetables, some fruit like berries. That's the ideal meal. And if you're going to do grains, don't do a lot of them. Do just a little bit. Things like brown rice, oatmeal, uh, again, rice-based snacks, I think are better. Stay away from the sugar, all the other stuff. From a supplement standpoint, uh, clinical studies show B-complex B vitamin, omega-3 fatty acids are beneficial. If they're really hyperactive, really hyper, CBD can help calm their body. And if they have a gut-related issue as well, I would highly recommend probiotics, okay? Probiotics high on that list. Um, and even things like astragalus, essential oils, vetiver, uh, tends to be very good cedarwood, lavender, or some of the best. Dr. Chris, I want to talk about Alzheimer's and dementia. What are some of your biggest recommendations for Alzheimer's and dementia? Usually like, uh, especially with the demyelination or the placking, if you finally find that there's damage to the actual sheathing or the coating of the nerves, a good fish oil content, I say, or omegas. And now it doesn't necessarily have to be fish oil. Some people can't tear apart fish oils. I love them. I yeah, recommend a good DHA, DHA and EPA and, and AA uh, ratio, three, six, nines. But I also suggest that many times, like even plant oils, like olive oil or flaxseed yeah. oil or grapeseed oil. And many times patients handle those and I have them do a teaspoon, literally a tablespoon with their dinner, because when you take it, you want your body to be ready to digest those fats. So when they have dementia, I, this is the one thing I always make sure that their fatty acids are really balanced, but to make sure, remember guys, there's a lot of research out there that says they call them cofactors of fatty acids. And what are the cofactors? Lots of antioxidants. Like doc was saying, when you take like good minerals and good leafy vegetables is when you need enough minerals like magnesium, zinc, selenium are three major ones plus CoQ10 and vitamin C. If you guys can get those in there and at times you can do glutathione, it's an extra thing, but you'll help that, that the fatty acids, those fish oils to get into the brain and nourish the brain. Think about it. There's over a hundred fatty acids that we know now 
in, in our, and there's, and our brains made up of 60%, 70% of fats. So if you guys, I, I'm, I'm talking to myself, if I eat a bad fat and I don't take the co, I mean, it's not going to feed my brain good fat, but take a good eat fat, get the cofactors like we just mentioned, your body will assimilate those fats and feed them right into your brain. So remember, it's vitamin C, CoQ10, antioxidants, good leafy vegetables. And like, and I also say when we're talking about any type of uh, B vitamins, the B complex is so important, Doc. You're right. Anytime you have to have a good B complex to make that thing work. Yeah. So I know Dr. Chris said a lot here, but again, uh, hitting on this, you got to get the healthy fats, right? So here are some of the biggest ones we want to talk about. Coconut oil, extra Mm. virgin olive oil, omegas and things like wild caught fish like salmon. Um, and then some animal fat you might get from grass fed beef, that sort of thing. But those are some of the fats, but I would say lots of extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, and then some of the omegas, you might even take a flax, but those are the three oils you're hitting on all the big oil for the most part, the most important fats you want to make sure you're getting. And then doing that again, B complex, um, that sort of thing. Some of those other nutrients doc, doc mentioned like selenium and magnesium and vitamin C can be very, very helpful as well. And I would say the same for MS when I've taken care of MS patients. In fact, a friend of mine, Dr. Terry Walls, she's an incredible uh, medical doctor. She had MS and cured herself naturally. Here's how she did it. Her diet was made up of vegetables, meat, and fat. I mean, that was really it. So, (laughs) So she ate loads and loads of cooked vegetables, charred, kale, spinach, so lots of green leafies. And then she did wild salmon, grass-fed beef, pastured chicken, organic eggs. And then she did like avocado, extra virgin olive oil. And that was, you know, that's what she ate. Yeah. Pretty much what I just shared with you, stuck to that type of meal plan and boom, re- reversed hers almost just strictly with diet. She did a few supplements, but that was a big part of it. A little bone broth, that sort of thing. And that was it. So just know that those can make a big difference. It's totally, when you say like people will ask you, doc, they go, okay, can that just doing that make a difference? I'm like, yes, because you think about the diet and you think about MS when patients come in with MS symptoms, I usually find that they have Lyme related symptoms or Lyme related infections and other infections that can demyelinate nerves and damage them. Oxidative stress, rusting of the nerves, and you add this good food and these good fats. And you put these things that we just talked about, the spices and herbals we just mentioned, and you start to see people change. And I'm like, that can make a difference in your brain and your neurology. It's yeah. just what God gave us through the earth. It's, uh, it and, and, and I want to mention a couple supplements here that I know have been used in clinical studies for Alzheimer's, but also a lot of neurological issues. If you have poor focus or memory or afraid of neurodegeneration, ginkgo biloba and lion's mane mushroom. Those two in particular, ginkgo biloba sends blood flow to the brain. Lion's mane mushroom is so incredible. It actually helps stimulate nerve regeneration. It's called um, uh, nervine growth factor. So nerve growth factor. So literally lion's mane helps regenerate your brain and your nervous tissue. So think about any condition that's related to demyelination, things like MS as well. Lion's mane is going to be so good and then bring blood and nutrients to the area in ginkgo and then turmeric. I would say that is sort of maybe the trifecta there is doing ginkgo biloba, lion's mane mushroom and turmeric, all of those together. If you want to prevent or support your body in healing neurodegenerative illnesses, 
Uh, those are some of the best. And the last condition we're going to talk about here is a diagnosis on the ASD spectrum. That's autistic spectrum disorders and some mm. things there. And what I found Dr. Chris is, you know, in my study of Chinese medicine, especially is there's an issue there related to called being grounded. Okay. And being grounded in Chinese medicine is related to the earth element, which essentially is your digestive system. Okay. So it's your digestion. And so one of the things I always saw with children I worked with, uh, who had ASD disorders was leaky gut syndrome. And I found oh, yeah. early on, the first thing yeah. I did and learned was get them off gluten and casein. Okay. Get them off those foods and then really get them on a diet that's lower in sugar, like do vegetables and meat, right. Um, and gluten-free um, products. And the results were fantastic. They were so incredible. And then I started doing um, probiotics and collagen powder. Those were the first two supplements I did and saw better results. And I'm thinking about, I, I had a, a child, Ben, who came in to see me and he was speaking three words. And, um, and I want to say he was around five years old, maybe yeah, five, in between five and seven. And then after two weeks was saying 40 words. I mean, it was that fast of a turnaround because autism, again, leaky gut, what's happening there is you're having constant brain inflammation where it actually slows or inhibits development. That's what's happening. And so in order to do that, you got to get rid of foods that cause leaky gut, gluten, casein, sugar, processed dairy products, foods that are um, wheat, which of course has gluten, those foods that are really dampening inflammatory in Chinese medicine and consume mostly meat, vegetables, rice, uh, things like that, like in the crock pot, some fruit. That's the ideal for overcoming, uh, for seeing improvements in any symptoms related to autism spectrum disorders. And in addition, from a supplement standpoint, I'd recommend omega-3s, B-complex, um, there, there as well, collagen and probiotics. Those are some of the best. Oh, I agree. I think with like, I love it that he's speaking 40 words. I, I remember definitely I've had children that come with autism. I remember one time, doc, this uh, lady came in, she was crying and she said, Hey, um, I just took my, my son in. And unfortunately her other son was autistic. And, uh, she said this net, her net, her second son, they said he was going to be autistic because he wasn't walking well. And he was sitting a certain way, you know, and he wasn't feeling his words right. She said, can you just give him a quick check? And I checked some of the acupuncture points, found he needed just selenium and zinc, higher amounts. I said, just get this in for two weeks. And at two weeks, guys, and I'm, I'm not, it was just the nature of how we just are deficient in, in um, nutrients. And he was already starting to sit differently. And they, they literally went back and they go, this, this, this guy doesn't have uh, autism. This boy doesn't have autism just from selenium and zinc. And I see in the office, like a lot of times, when a, a patient comes in, they'll usually are um, very have low levels of glutathione or, you know, they're not producing their liver. Like you said, the liver methylation is so low on them and they usually are very zinc deficient in vitamin A and vitamin C. Yeah. And so like we say leaky gut, I was reading brother, like they had um, this, this clinic in Mexico where this one lady, all she does is work on getting their vitamin D levels properly stabilized with vitamin D, vitamin K, and vitamin A gets rid of all the parasites and bacteria and she says their glutathione levels go back to normal and they eat fresh fruit. They eat fresh vegetables, green leafy vegetables. And a lot of times their mentality almost goes back to a normal, you know, normal state in the sense like they don't show those symptoms. So I'm just saying like healing yeah. the gut, you're right, is like the way to do it. And if your vitamin D levels are well, you'll heal your gut. Get those probiotics in there too. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. So I do want to hit on those two nutrients you've mentioned that I saw 
as well that were the biggest, and it was zinc and vitamin D too. There's no yeah. doubt. Zinc is necessary for repairing the gut. If you don't have enough mm -hmm. zinc, your gut literally cannot regenerate and heal properly. And then vitamin D is crucial for the brain function. Those are two crucial nutrients as well. Yeah. Well, guys, as a reminder, I know we talked about a lot today, a lot of different things, but hey, if you want to continue to learn more, I want to encourage you guys. I got a new book out. It's called Ancient Remedies. This book goes through how to heal or see great improvements in all these conditions. And it goes through the exact recommendations. So if you've got, uh, you know, let's say ADHD in the book, it goes through, here's the top five supplements, the top essential oils, the exact foods to eat and not eat. You can check it out. Just go to, uh, amazon.com or your local bookstore and search Dr. Axe Ancient Remedies. And also, hey, if you need more help from a practitioner, I want to encourage you go to drmotley.com. That's spelled out Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Dr. Motley. And you can uh, set up to schedule a virtual appointment with him. Also make sure to follow Chris on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, uh, Dr. Motley. I want to say, Dr. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today. And guys, thanks everybody for listening to another podcast. I want to encourage you remember this week, continue to use food as medicine. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.